This bonus series was made in collaboration with Philip Stauffer and Julie Maples from Firefly Ventures, a practical startup operator handbook to give our listeners a first-hand experience they can apply to their growing ventures. The biggest benefit to go to the office is meeting the people you work with, right? And if you're if you actually not want to go back to the office and you look in the mirror and you say, why is that? Maybe it's because, you know what, I don't like anybody at that company. And maybe you should look for another job. Welcome to the Swisspreneur Show, a podcast about startup stories and learnings from experienced entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Sylvan. Philip, welcome back to the next episode. Today, we're going to talk about office, remote or hybrid, emerging successful patterns in startups. Again, a quick intro to you. You are a co-founder and channel partner at Firefly Ventures, through which you are invested in companies like AngelList, Phil's Coffee, Definity, Beekeeper, and many more. You're also an advisory board member at the Swiss Entrepreneurs Foundation and a founding board member at the Swiss Blockchain Federation. Welcome back. Great to have you again. Thanks, Silva. Happy to be here. So COVID obviously changed a lot for all of us and more and more people started to work remotely. Are you more the remote type of worker or do you prefer the physical office space? Um, well, that's a good question. I, gr I grew up in an office environment with my first job in a, right. in a Swiss private bank before I moved to Silicon Valley. Um, but then I moved to a complete remote model in consulting um, where you would literally work maybe just Fridays in the office. The rest, you're pretty much nowhere and anywhere, like with a client in a coffee shop, in an airport, in a hotel. Um, and so to me, I clearly have it in my DNA now to work remotely. Mm -hmm. But what I also realized is it requires a different mindset, a different way to uh, collaborate, a different way to build trust, a different way to kind of build and maintain culture. Uh, so it's not easy to do, but it's definitely possible and has a lot of advantages. And I think we, we, we realized those during COVID because everybody was pretty much forced to do it. Right. I want to talk about all three potential setups, physical office, fully remote teams, but also a hybrid approach. Let's start with the physical office. So what are some advantages of actually having a physical office? You've seen it, you've experienced it. What were the, the pros of having the physical space? I think we covered it actually a little bit in our board uh, board uh, episode as well. But I think that the physical interaction, I mean, human beings are social animals. No. Uh, so I think we thrive meeting. Mm -hmm. We build trust and relationships by meeting. Um, so I think it's easier to do that uh, in person versus over Zoom. Yeah. Um, the other thing I think that happens um, the serendipity. I don't know if you know that word yeah. in English. It's, yeah. it's, I had to learn it actually when I came here. Um, it, it means like lucky accidents or good accidents, meaning let's say you run into somebody uh, at the coffee corner and because you have coffee together, you run into somebody else who also joins and you have a discussion that was completely unplanned and therefore you learn that that person's uncle is a decision maker in a company where you try to sell to for three months yeah. and you only know because of this serendipitous moment yeah. uh, and those things 
I had a hard time during COVID that didn't really happen for me sure. in Zoom. Yeah. They always happen in Silicon Valley if you're just running around here because mm -hmm. there's so many people thinking about startups and all the time. Yeah. Um, so I think those two things are very hard to replicate in a, in a digital environment. Um, do, do you think it's also easier to build loyalty amongst your employees if you have the physical space where you have the relationships, maybe also some perks like good food or a nice office space, etc. Do you think that this also helps to build a higher loyalty compared to a fully remote setup? People would probably, different people would probably answer it differently. But in my experience, particularly coaching more junior people mm -hmm. is much easier if you're in the same space because right. you can you can just walk around and talk to people and and, and yeah. it doesn't need kind of an official Zoom call to answer a question or jump in or yeah. give a tip or something like this. Yeah. Um, and that's also my experience, by the way, with um, less experienced people during COVID mm -hmm. who just want to be around uh, smart and experienced people to learn from. And sitting at home in front of a screen all day is not really that helpful right. in, in that situation. Yeah. I think it definitely benefits more kind of experienced people who already know each other and uh, know how to collaborate with each other. Then it can become very, very efficient. Yeah. What are some of the drawbacks of having a physical office location? I think the biggest one is you have to commute. Um, and so pre-COVID, I think people just because that's the way things were done, uh, had breakfast, got their coffee, got into their car uh, here in Silicon Valley, stand in traffic for 60 minutes and go to the office. And there's, there might not even be one interaction they have because just go to their corner and do their work and then they drive home in the evening another 60 hours in traffic, uh, 60 minutes in traffic. Yeah. And so I think that's the biggest drawback for me. I think what, what COVID forced us to do is to be much more intentional about when do we go and meet people, mm -hmm. what do we do then, and how can we do things more efficiently if we don't necessarily have to meet in person. Right. right. And from a startup's perspective, a physical office location for all your employees can also have cost disadvantages, right? It's probably more expensive to have a fully always being here physically office policy compared to a remote setup. Yep. Yep, absolutely. And then, of course, by the way, like uh, it was discussed in the media widely, right? A lot of people moved away from Silicon Valley to remote uh, locations right. yeah. because cost of living in, in Silicon Valley, in the Bay Area, is very expensive. Yeah. Um, as we go now to the back-to-office trend, mm -hmm. it becomes quite an interesting discussion point uh, of people who now potentially have to move back. Right. Um, and so... I think we're just in the midst of, of that trend and we'll see in two years what, what happened. Did it work yeah. out or did it not? Did you see any changes happening to the physical office spaces from pre to post-COVID? Yes, absolutely. So there's, a, there's obviously a big trend. The, the, the commercial real estate asset class or CRE is the biggest asset class on the planet, right? Um, wow. And so there's a lot of investments, investment that goes into it. Mm -hmm. And COVID forced uh, a lot of companies and then a lot of real estate investors to rethink how will that now work out. Yeah. Uh, initially, the, the, the idea was that it will just lead to footprint reduction um, and people will reduce workspace uh, overall. But 
as as all all of that unfolds, it turns out that there's actually a lot of opportunity to use space for employee satisfaction, mm-hmm. for uh, uh, for customer loyalty, uh, to not really have an office per se as we thought of it, but more kind of as a meeting and community place for employees and customers together, uh, and uh, have more, let's say, spaces that create this serendipity as well. Yeah. And so the most famous interior architects that, that design these type of spaces have very creative ideas on how those things can evolve now in the future. I think we just leapfrogged all of that. Um, so pretty much every large company I talk to is rethinking their space and they invest quite a bit of uh, effort and, um, and, and expenses as well to redesign, yeah. which I think is a fantastic thing, by the yeah. way. It's shifting the focus away from the isolated cubicles that we might have known before to a more interaction-focused approach. Yep. Right? Now, let's talk about the other extreme, fully remote teams. What are advantages that startups or companies in general experience when they focus on a fully remote setup? I think the key ones are, I mean, again, no commute. Mm-hmm. Um, then um, global hiring. So suddenly you could really follow your your dream of a player first and location second. Yeah. And in the past, I think you always had to kind of rethink that a little bit and say, okay, well, I take this candidate because they're already in the Bay Area, you don't have to relocate. True. But you really would want to have, you really wanted to hire that person, let's say in Kuala Lumpur. Yeah. But it just didn't work out. Right. Um, and so I think that totally fell away. So we had we had a lot of teams that we built in the last three years now that were truly global and we could just focus on A players. Yeah. In some cases it worked out well because of the A player, but then the collaboration fell short. So okay. there's a lot of learnings uh, on, on, on that. But I think in general, those are the key advantages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, global talent pool, huge advantage. However, with a different setup, you also experience different challenges. So what are the challenges of a fully remote setup? I think the key is really just to, um, I think two things probably. One is a more tactical one, which is how do you collaborate? Mm-hmm. Uh, it needs more discipline because you need um, it needs more discipline and sometimes also more flexibility because suddenly you're in different time zones your calls might suddenly be late at night or early in the morning um, and you need to be ready for that um, and the other one is more strategic one which is how do you build a culture if people just are not together all the time mm-hmm. um, the culture by the way you always build it might just be a really bad one. <laughs> right. So you can't yeah. prevent culture. Culture is actually there all the time. Purposefully or not. It's Purposefully there. or not. Yeah. And if you don't do it well in a remote culture, you might uh, deal with some of the problems that are now also in the media all the time, which is, for example, quiet quitting and things like this. Yeah. Um, so you, you really got to think strategically about how your team works together and collaborates in order to make it su- successful. And I think yeah. we just in the beginning of writing these um, playbooks because everybody's experimenting with different things. I can tell you in Silicon Valley, every time I talk to like a CEO, they're experimenting with something I've never heard of. So it's really exciting to actually learn about these things and then hopefully eventually we we have kind of best practices and playbooks on how it really works. Now, coming to that, I know we're still learning, we're still in the early phase, but are there any best practices, learnings or even tools that sort of are here to stay? I think there's three things that I started to 
see emerge that seem to work well. Mm -hmm. um, the first one is involve your team in your hybrid model approach yeah. um, or whatever the model is, right. um, if it is fully remote. But have your team help design how it's actually going to be done and be the coach on that or invite people who know what works best. Mm -hmm. uh, but get your team involved. Don't just like describe something. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's number one. Number mm -hmm. two, um, as you have a hybrid model, if you do, um, make it a purpose meeting place. Like don't just have um, people come into the office because they have to. But there always should be a purpose, and if you give, if you make that kind of an objective, uh, you only commute if there is a purpose for a particular meeting, mm -hmm. uh, or a get together with a customer, or a brainstorming session, or a workshop. Right. That's worth your commute time, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think the purpose meeting place or PMP is kind of uh, what we missed before COVID. Everybody was just commuting, no matter what. Like a robot to a certain like a robot, extent, right? Yeah. Um, which leads me to the third point, which is a, a few successful CEOs I'm close to, they really started to be quite scientific about it. Meaning, which teams do really have to meet, uh, let's say, okay, marketing and engineering has to meet and discuss certain things. Some things are easy to discuss with the online tools they have. Right. Yeah. Like, any of the coloration tools, Jira, yeah. ticket, ticketing systems, and so on, you name it. But then certain meetings really have to be on a whiteboard. And mm -hmm. so they defined for each uh, group or discipline, let's say marketing and engineering, uh, uh, product and uh, engineering, or marketing and sales, mm -hmm. or finance and marketing, you name it. All these combinations uh, figured out uh, a way to have their weekly or bi-weekly meetings. And so they... Um, uh, some of the meetings come in on Monday, mm -hmm. others come in on Tuesday, next come in on Wednesday. Yeah. And therefore, what this does is it becomes a purpose. It becomes very intentional. People are better prepared. The office space you need is maybe 60% or 70% right. of what you used before. So it becomes more efficient, the, mm -hmm. the usage of space. Uh, and interestingly, it led in some of the cases to much higher employee satisfaction. Because they, they had maybe three days at the office or two days at the office and the rest, uh, they were working from home. No. Um, and so th those are the things that I felt uh, in the past few quarters, like started to work really, really well. Mm -hmm. Now, this is, of course, the hybrid setup that you described here with both the physical but also the remote component. Is hybrid the go-to way, the go-to setup these days, or is it just a bad compromise because you cannot decide between fully remote or fully physical. Well, for the people who moved away, who are now living in Montana on a mountain. Yeah. Uh, that's tricky. That's tricky. That's remote only, but maybe you should just be remote and not have a job in, in, in the current job that you have. Because sure. I don't think fully remote is really the way to go. Huh. I also don't think fully... Um, like five days in the office, doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. I think somehow we got lucky and we can see a silver lining in these crises that, that we learned a new model that makes us more intentional, more efficient, um, 
but if you if you again read the media and kind of the controversy about back to the office employees rebelling don't you want to come out back to the office one day i think we all have just to to really think about what can increase productivity mm-hmm. for a company that's what you pay for as an employee yeah. um, and then how does that productivity increase your satisfaction and your happiness in that job um, that's what should really drive the decision um, and i think there's multiple facets on how these hybrid environments can be built so that it becomes a win-win for everybody mm-hmm. i definitely i think what i've seen so far i think i'm probably somewhere in this hybrid model which i think could really turn out to be a kind of a work model of the future yeah and i think in that regard i'm personally a big fan of as you mentioned before giving people good reasons to come back to the office but not forcing them and and sort of putting pressure on them but creating an environment and adding benefits and 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 like added value when they meet to make their lives easier and better so that they do want to come in but not forcing it on them is that a, a good approach from your experience or from your perspective maybe um I'm a little bit biased because Silicon Valley sometimes throws all kinds of benefits to people. Sure, yeah. Um, they're kind of almost insane. But with benefits, I'm not thinking about like free food or stuff, but benefits of benefits of better working together to make your work life easier because you can do the same stuff in like half the time because you meet together and you have to benefit that way. Not yeah. like benefits. Well, that, that's what I mean with productivity. But I think the biggest benefit, like the biggest benefit you get, like think about it. Like, let's say you and I work together in the same company, right? right? If, I, if, if I really enjoy working there, I enjoy working there because of the work I do, obviously, but also with, mm. of the people I work with. Sure. So do I want to see Sylvan, like, for not see him, like, for 12 months? Or am I actually, am I, am I happier in my job because we can meet physically and grab a beer after work? Right. Like, those type of things, like, build the culture, right? But... Yeah. The people who are really happy at work are usually happy there all because mainly because of the people they work with. Mm-hmm. And so the biggest benefit to go to the office and is meeting the people you work with, right? Nice. And if you're if you actually not want to go back to the office and you look in the mirror and you say, why is that? Maybe it's because, you know what, I don't like anybody at that company. And maybe you should look for another job. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Then something's terribly wrong, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. So... For me, it was always uh, when, when I worked in consulting, that Friday when people were not in some other city working with some client was a very special day because I could catch up with the people I really enjoy working with. And they were, we all knew like people are there on Friday uh, or on Monday, usually either, either one after the weekend. And, and it was very enjoyable and it always fired me up to see the people I like to work with. Yeah, you were looking forward to that yeah, day, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's when the serendipitous moments also happened. Exactly. Yeah. The famous water cooler chats. That's right. right. Exactly. <laughs> now, when you look at the startups, your portfolio companies, but also in general here in, in Silicon Valley, do you see a trend that startups shift to a hybrid approach or to a fully remote approach or wanting their employees coming back to the office? Do you see a common trend in, in terms of setup? The trend I definitely think is hybrid. Like yeah. that's what you see here. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be completely planned in some cases. In other cases, it might be because um, companies lose too many people who really just don't want to come back. It might right. be a compromise. Yeah. But I also think it's actually the, the best model um, because of the reasons we just discussed. 
Um, I, by the way, I don't only see this in Silicon Valley. I also see it in other regions of the US. Uh, I see it in Europe. Um, I see it in, in certain hotspots in Asia. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I think we'll see a lot of good, good practices and best practices emerge around it. Yeah. And, and, and hopefully we'll have a recipe soon on how that works. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a lot of experimentation right now. Sure. We're very excited to see what the future will bring, right? Exactly. Philip, exactly. thank you so much for stopping by. Lots of success with whatever you're tackling and we're super excited to have you back on the show, hopefully soon for another series. Great. Thanks, Silvan. Happy to be here. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, you can support us by rating our show on Apple Podcasts. This way, we can reach an ever-growing number of aspiring entrepreneurs.